I invite you to go with me into Luke, the first chapter, the 46th verse. We got a little short scripture. Hmm. Father God, as we come to you today to hear from you, Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, God. Yeah, God, even though many of us are here praising with lifting hands and yeah, God, somebody here still needs something to run on a little farther, God. Yeah, God, somebody needs something to run forward just a little bit more. <laughs> God, we know that you promised us that you will do abundantly above all we could ask or think. Yeah, God, so speak, Lord. Yeah, God, that our souls may magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. People of God, say amen. 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 We're going to look real quickly at a, uh, briefly at a brief scripture. Uh, sometimes I have you strumming through the Bibles. I like when Pastor Maybell is up here. Yeah, he has the scriptures on our on our screen. And some of us who've forgotten to bring our Bibles, if you forgot to bring, hey, the scripture is right there. But I challenge you and I it behooves you during the week to take up your printed Bible. Amen. Amen. God got some more revelation for you. Amen. From Monday to sun Saturday. Yes, he does. Yeah. Before you get here on Sundays. Yeah. But we're going to be looking at Luke, the first chapter, beginning at the 46th verse. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Amen. That's all we're looking at this morning for our introductory scripture. Amen. Yes, considering that Mary exclaims, my soul does magnify the Lord, I offer you our subject this morning, the on fire soul. Yeah. Yeah, God, the on fire soul or you may want to put when the soul magnifies the Lord yeah God hallelujah you may be wondering why we chose this but I need you to turn to somebody right now hmm hey ha ha and just say have you ever I want to know has your soul ever Exclaimed out anything marvelous. Now somebody say somebody here knows what I'm talking about. Amen. If that's you, come on, let's praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Yeah, God. Now, as we said, you may be wondering why we would take this story about Mary, Mag Mary, the mother of Jesus, not Mary Magdalene, but Mary, the mother of Jesus around the time of her conception. Yeah, usually this is a message that we do at Christmas time, right? But this is around the time of Mary's conception. And if you know the story, and you know, I, I often say this, preachers assume that everybody knows the background of the story, but we're going to review it anyway, because it's good every time we look at it. Amen. <laughs> Mary 
is pregnant, an angel has appeared, told this young virtuous woman that she is going to have a baby. And he's not going to be just any baby. He is going to be the Christ child, the coming, the Messiah, everybody been looking for, the Savior of the world. Amen. Now, Mary, who is not married yet, to Joseph. Everybody in town knows she's engaged to Joseph. Why is she pregnant? In, yeah, in her confusion, in her, the angel talked to her, but you know, if an angel appears to you and tell you something like that, I mean, you know, you're still in amazement. Yeah, she's very young, and an angel comes to tell her she's about to do something like this. So she's pregnant, and I guess she's about in her second, third month pregnant. She decides to go talk to her cousin Elizabeth an older woman yes little did she know when she got there Elizabeth was also pregnant yeah right yeah she was further along and the Bible tells us when Mary walked through the door carrying her little baby in her in her body the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped yeah, God, like in praise, like something miraculous, marvelous had walked into the room. Amen. Amen. And so when Mary began to realize that everything God, the angel had told her was true, that she was truly carrying something that would make other babies leap in the womb, she said, my soul. Yeah, why would he pick me? Why little old me? My soul doesn't magnify the Lord. Mm. My brothers and sisters, I stand to tell you that today, more than 2,000 years later in man's time and two days later in God's time, yeah, yeah, the indwelling Jesus inside of you <laughs> can make you do some amazing things. Yes, hallelujah. Can make other things jump when they recognize something is different about you. The Jesus living inside of you. And sometimes it can make you, yeah, the spirit living inside of you can make you do some things. Last last week our psalmist Nehemiah said crazy. He's saying I'm crazy. Yeah, we're crazy. Can make you do some things that look kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, when somebody's soul on fire, you'll see hands raised. Yeah, sometimes you'll see folks running and shouting. Yes, yes. It can make you even the person that used to say, mm, what is wrong with that person? Yeah, that person, he, that it doesn't take all that. That's old-fashioned. They used to do that in the old days. That, you, that person saying, yeah, running around here acting crazy, lifting up the hands and falling all over and sweating. Yeah, sweating and looking crazy. Yeah. Wow. And they don't understand what's going on but that same person ooh we that same person when something get a hold of them I heard a song say something got a hold of me yeah <laughs> the Holy Spirit when he comes to live on the inside he can make you do some crazy things yeah 
But I want to tell you that 2 Corinthians, yeah, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, just 17, just in case you don't know this scripture. Brother Carlton, you got that one up there? If any man be in Christ. No, no, no. 2 Corinthians 5. If any man, some of you know this already, right? If any man be in Christ, what is he? He is a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Yeah, when a soul magnifies the Lord, things that were oh so irrelevant becomes intensely important. Mm, particularly poignant, yes. Irreversibly prominent. Yeah, once your soul begins to experience the inward joy of Jesus, you don't go back. Yeah, it's too hard to go back. You don't want to go back. Yeah, things that you dished off is old-fashioned, laughable. I ain't doing that. I ain't raising my hands in the sanctuary. What? I said I ain't doing that. That looks dumb. But when a soul is on fire, woo, Jesus, feet respond, hands respond, behavior changes, Be obedience is part course. Yeah, yeah. And the same soul that through the ridiculousness of his imagination has caught on and becomes a victim of emotionalism. <laughs> I used to look at people shout when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. In the choir, I was in the choir. Mm, victims of emotionalism. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. But when you change, yes. And I know what I'm talking about. Because it happened to me. It happened to yours truly. But there are other things that happen. Yeah, there are many other things that can happen when the soul is on fire. Artists can do some amazing art. Do you know that? It is believed that Leonardo da Vinci lay on his back. And I'm not talking about the turtle, the little kids. I'm not talking about the turtle, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, and Michelangelo. Yeah. But they say Leonardo. Now, Google will tell you that they think Michelangelo completed it. But if you ever go to Florence, Italy, you get a chance and go to the Sistine Chapel for about a block long. There's a huge chapel there, church with extremely high ceilings. And they tell me the artist lay on his back and painted every Bible story he had read. But you know that the expertise and the enduring art that he did could have only taken place because his soul was on fire. How do you lay on your back? Yeah. And paint something so majestically beautiful that endures the ages, ages and ages and ages have passed. And people still go and marvel at the beauty of the Sistine Chapel when a soul is on fire. Yeah, an artist can do some amazing stuff. Yeah. All the stories are depicted right there. Now, the English poet, I promise I'm not going to be up here too long before you. The English poet and the Christian preacher in the 1600s was writing. You know, writers are artists too, amen? Yeah. In the 1600s was writing and composing beautiful poetry when he went blind. Mm, his name was Milton. And in his poem on his blindness, he questions God. 
Now, God, you know that I've been writing poetry about you, and I even write sermons to you. Now, how can I continue to write? The very light has been denied to me to continue your work. And he says in his questioning, Spirit of the Lord speaks. He says, patience spoke and said, men does not need, God does not need man or his artistry. Thousands of angels, oh, thousands of angels at his bidding speed. He can just say, go there, and 10,000 angels rush that way. Go there, go help the 10,000 angels. But Milton says, in this patience and in this, as he's thinking of why he's stricken blind, God also let his soul begin to magnify him so much that they tell me his greatest work, Paradise Lost, was written while he was blind. Yeah. When the soul magnifies the Lord, oh, nothing can hold you back from getting it forth in song and praise and artistry. Yes. Artists do amazing things when the soul magnifies the Lord. James Weldon Johnson. Yes, a strong black man in the early 1900s wrote beautiful pieces displaying God's love for black people. He thought about how black people had been brought through the all oh, the binds and the bounds of slavery. Why? Because God brought them through. Just like he brought forth the people of Israel in Egypt. Same God. So, so James Weldon Johnson took his pen. He said, God of our weary years. God of our silent tears. Thou who has brought us safe thus far. Oh my God. And here it is almost a hundred years later. And it was, it was sung at the um, Super Bowl, I understand. The Negro National Anthem, amen, because it attests to a God, not just a flag that's waving, but a God, amen, that brings a people through. Yes, yes, his soul was on fire. Hallelujah. When a soul magnifies the Lord and fills his fire and loves his people, amazing feats can be done. How in the world can a sickly, Little black woman, Harriet Tubman, prone to seizures, will fall out sometime and just shake. How was she able to go back into dark woods of the South, travel back and forth, and she could hear barking dogs, people with rifles following her, but she was able to bring 300 slaves to freedom. Every time they say, are you going back to get more? Yeah, I gotta go back. Yeah, she was compelled because her soul, hey, was on fire for the Lord. Yeah, God. And when your soul is on fire for the Lord, you love people. Yeah. You can't let them stay in bondage. Yes. Yes. And on fire soul receives revelation straight from the master. In the uh, innermost, yes. The soul that magnifies the Lord just knows things other folks don't know. God reveals things your other folks just don't see. Mm -hmm. 
Revelation from the Holy Spirit is unusual wisdom. Oh, those of us who are in Bible class on Thursday night as we study the Proverbs and learn even more wisdom, we have come to understand mm, that true wisdom, yeah, true insight, True revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we are called to exercise that which God has given us. Because then we become stronger and stronger. And str Let me put this in layman's terms for you. Yeah. Some men begin to exercise when they realize some of the weight loss or some of the things that, you know, they've been trying to achieve is they can't quite do it physically because they're, you know, they're getting flabby and what have you. So they begin to exercise. Uh-huh. They'll take up 10 pound weights and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, then 20 pounds, then 30 pounds and they're weighing, weighing mm -hmm. Finally, they're laying on the bench and they're benching 75 pounds, 100 pounds. And then they begin to notice the muscles are getting bigger, getting stronger. Yeah, you're getting stronger. Yeah, my husband is doing that now. Amen. Amen. The other day he was flexing his muscles. Oh, and I say, be still my heart. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. But when the strength comes, let me tell you. Oh, God, when strength comes, yeah, can't be taken away. Mm-hmm. And the tricks now, when spiritual strength comes, yeah, when you let your soul begin to magnify him, you begin to get anxious about reading your Bible. You ain't too proud to lift your hands and praise him in the sanctuary. When you become obedient to his word, when you're reading and studying and praying in the mornings and reading and studying at night, all spiritual strength comes. You can start flexing your spiritual muscles. Yeah, yeah. And don't you know that the devil sees that now your soul is magnifying him? Oh, God, he may try to mess with you, but he can't win. Hallelujah, he can't win. <laughs> yeah, yes, the mundane disappears in the life of the unfire soul. Mundane, ordinary, run-of-the-mill stuff, mediocrity disappears when your soul is magnifying the Lord. Yes. And then you notice that you can get out of bed or easier. Don't you know when you fall deeply in love like a, uh, our evangelist was leading us in praise this morning? Yeah, and that song about I love you, Jesus. Yeah, I worship and adore you. Don't you know when your soul loves the Lord, you can get up easier in the morning? Yes, you can. Yeah, because you know his mercies. His mercies are new every day. Yeah, God. Hallelujah. And you begin to see him manifested in your life. Uh-huh. Little things that you used to take for granted, all of a sudden, they're supersized. Yeah. And you see how God is, his hand is working in your life. How he's bringing you out of situations only God can bring you out of. Yes. Yes, yes. And you, and you began Come very thankful and grateful in your heart. And then before you know it, your soul is praising him. Job says, I had heard of you with the hearing of my ears. But I see you now, Lord. Yeah, 
now. <laughs> yes, the on fire soul gets a new walk too. Ah, yes. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 1, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because your soul realizes that when you're walking after the Holy Spirit, oh, Lord, blessings flow. Yes, yes. I want to tell you briefly about a new pianist that I recently was introduced to. I think it was Prophet Shirley who just walked in. Hallelujah. Thank, praise God for Prophet Shirley. Yeah, she first told us about, uh, about him. His name is Dappy, right? Prophet Shirley, Dappy. Sounds so much like Dappy. Mm -mm. But there is nothing daffy about this guy. Uh-uh. He is a large, muscular black man who sits at a piano. And the camera is close enough upon his face and the piano that you can see his every expression. You can see every key he's hitting. And as he plays the piano, as you listen to the beautiful music coming from those keys, Dappy's keys, Oh, my God, you see this man caught up in a glory cloud. You see a soul magnifying the Lord because this man is not just sitting there playing no piano. His every expression, his every being, each hymn he goes to. And I watched one last night that was Dappy's Keys 24-7. Do you know I fell asleep, woke back up, fell asleep, woke back up, fell asleep, watch him. He was still playing for hours, hours. And every hymn he played, oh, my God, he began to emote. He began to, ooh, mm, mm, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. And uh, as you watch him, you know that he's listening to the lyrics. He knows the lyrics of the hymn. Yeah, the melody is good, but the lyrics. And one of the songs he plays is it is well with my soul. Some of the lyrics of that is when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet me, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance in control that Christ, yes, he has, has regarded my helpless state. Yes, it is well with my soul. And then the last stanza, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, nailed on the cross, and I hear it no more. Yes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is well with my soul. Yeah. And now there's another song that I asked to be played. Miranda Curtis. <laughs> yeah, Miranda Curtis. Singing, nobody like you, Lord. When the soul begins to recognize that there is nobody like God. Turn it up, Nehemiah. Yeah. Nobody like you, Lord. <laughs> if you know this song, you may sing it a little bit. <laughs> yes. 
Is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have the words up, but I want you just to listen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. All power. Oh, oh, see, that's a soul crying out. Yes. Nobody like you, Lord. Nobody like you, Lord. Yes. Oh. Nobody like you, Lord. Yes. Oh. I believe as we conclude today that God wants somebody here today to let your soul say yes. Let your soul say yes. Don't hold back any longer. Your soul wants to magnify the Lord. Your soul wants to be on fire. Yeah, it's tired of you trying to suppress it. Yeah, worried about what people would think about you. Yeah, when your soul magnifies and you say yes, 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 you can put on yes, kind of glories, yes, yes. When you begin to say yes, I would like everybody to stand in this place. Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah, Lord God. We already said the mundane becomes miraculous when the soul gets on fire. The seeking soul becomes significantly satisfied and soaring. Why just fly when you can soar? Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Yeah, God. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm. If anyone opens up to me, I will come in and sup with you. When Jesus is in your heart and supping with you, your soul says yes to the new life in Christ. Thank you, honey. Yeah, God. Yeah, you don't have to wait to get to church <laughs> to hear about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God, I would like everyone to just close your eyes. Turn it up, Nehemiah. This is a very important time. Yeah, God. And I'm going to call my husband up in a few minutes. Yeah, God. <laughs> 